you have a dream, something you wonder about, something you ruminate over, maybe it's something you've never admitted to anybody else, but you harbor that dream. Today at the Radio Backyard Fence, we're going to talk to the coupon mom whose big dream came true because she decided to do what she loved to do and use the way she was uniquely wired by God for the good of others. Stephanie Nelson's going to help us here on the first Wednesday of the rest of your life, first Wednesday of 2024, and we're going to discover how doing what comes naturally to you can change the world. Recognize the intersection of your deepest dreams and God's greatest calling, and she'll help us see that competition, rejection, and self-doubt can't overcome God's purposes. Let's do a little dreaming together today at the Radio Backyard Fence. This is Chris Fabry Live, online at chrisfabrylive.org. Helping out behind the scenes, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Karen's in the chair. Lisa will be transcribing your dreams today. She'll be taking your phone calls. If you did not hear Dr. Bill Thrasher yesterday, I found it a really helpful conversation on a difficult topic, prayer, and his thesis, which kind of fits with our topic today, his hope, his dream, is to free you up to be who you are in conversation with God. He wants to help you experience a transformation from mere involvement in the activity of prayer to a spirit-empowered and life-giving discipline. How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. That's what we talked about. It's the title of the book, and it's our thank you this month. If you give a gift of any size, we'll send you a copy. And feel free to mention a prayer request. I see on the uh, the board that we have here, a number of people are doing that when they click through, just saying, hey, would you pray for this? And we're glad to do that. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Scroll down. You'll see how you can support us right there. Give a gift of any size. And we will send you How to Resurrect a Dead Prayer Life. Six friends already this month, and we're only three days into the month, six friends who've given for the very first time. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, go to chrisfabrylive.org or call 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. So Monday we aired a program on Trusting God, first day of the new year. Yesterday, we talked about the power of prayer. Today, in response to a speaker talking about letting prayer change your life, Stephanie decided to to do that. She decided to partner with God to find her unique purpose. So today, as you listen, if you are discouraged that you're never going to fulfill your dreams, I want you to hear from Stephanie Nelson, founder of the Coupon Mom website, which launched the coupon movement that took America by storm in 2008. Her book, The Coupon Mom's Guide to Cutting Your Grocery Bills in Half, was a New York Times bestseller. She hosts the podcast, Pivotal People. Her new book, Colorful uh, Letters, Imagine More. Do what you love, discover your potential. Stephanie, how in the world are you doing today? Oh, great. I um, appreciate your generous introduction and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Well, let's go back. Get in the, take me in the time machine, 20, 21 years. You were, a, I guess, a mild-mannered mom. Did you have any idea about the dream that was going to happen, that was going to come true? You might be the first person in the world who's ever called me mild-mannered, and I really appreciate that. No. <laughs> 23 years ago, yes, I was a young mom. I had two little sons, three and five. 
I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to this, but before I had children, I had a perfect plan. Um, I was going to continue working in my career. So was my husband. And we would have children and we would have childcare and everything would go smoothly. And uh, we bought a house with a big mortgage and we were all ready to start this plan. And what happened was I had my first child and um, all of a sudden I wanted to be home with him. So um, we started budgeting and we started making sacrifices, which really weren't sacrifices. And um, when my first son was two years old, I was able to quit working and I had my second son. I discovered grocery coupons as a really effective way at saving money on groceries. So when my I'm a stay-at-home mom with my two sons, I am happy to be a stay-at-home mom. It's what I worked for. Um, I had just read Becky Tirabasi's book called Let Prayer Change Your Life. We had just moved to a new city, and I heard that Becky Tirabasi was speaking at this big church in our community. I couldn't believe I could go hear her in person. I got my $10 ticket. I sat in the front row. I just wanted to hear her in person. I had no expectation at all from this presentation. But what ended up happening, if you've ever heard Becky Tirabasi, and by the way, 23 years later, she's still on fire, an amazing pastor. You can find her online, super inspirational. And she left all of us with this final thought. And it was, if there is something you love to do, pray about how God could use it to help other people. And if you do that equation, you know, here's this thing I love to do, here's how it could help other people, you'll actually discover God's exciting plan for your life. Now today, we'd probably use the words, you'll, you'll discover a fulfilling purpose. Um, so I, I left, I was all fired up. I, I don't know what I would do, but I do knew, I did know that I loved using grocery coupons. And so every day I started to pray she, I bought her prayer journal as if you really need a journal to pray. But anyway, I felt like it would be more official. I got her prayer journal and every day I would pray. And, and that actually, Chris, is super effective at getting us to pay attention to what's around us. Yes. Because I'm waiting for the burning bush. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for the sign from God. This is what it is. And on day 11, we were sitting in church and I'm reading the bulletin before the service started. And I noticed that they had an appeal for the local food pantry. This is where families who need emergency assistance would go to get food. And to my surprise, the local food pantry was struggling and they needed donations. And they had a list of the items they needed. And all I saw was that those were all coupon items. Everything on the list was a coupon item. And I had coupons for all those things. So I just thought it'd be a fun game. And I go to the grocery store the next day with the coupons. I followed their list. I got $60 of groceries for $10. And I thought, wow, there's the light bulb moment. So I went to the food pantry. And a key part of this story is that I personally donated the food at the food pantry in the past with food drives. I'd certainly given food, but I'd always done it to a collection bin so I didn't really have that personal emotional connection yet with who it was really helping. But when I went to the food pantry, because I was absolutely not, I, I thought this is the greatest idea ever. Everybody could be buying food for charity with coupons. I'm going to tell the director of the charity about that so she could take that project on and she could teach people how to do it. And she, she has resources. She has connections. I have nothing. I'm just a 
mom with a couple of kids and a tight budget. But I sat in the waiting room for half an hour waiting to meet her to tell her this great idea. And she could never meet with me because she was seeing clients all day long. And I think that's right where God wanted me. I sat in that waiting room for half an hour surrounded by mothers like me with kids like mine. And the only difference between us was that we had different circumstances. And it completely broke my heart. And our, our pastor always says, you know, what breaks your heart? If something breaks your heart, it's not that hard to work at trying to make a difference. And so I left that day. I actually, I went to the park, uh, parking lot. I cried in my car. <laughs> I went home and I said, okay, this must be what God's telling me to do. I'm going to buy food for charity every single day. I took my sons to school. I went to the grocery store. We collected coupons at our church. I gave it the name Cut Out Hunger. I started teaching women in my neighborhood how to do it, women in my church. And ultimately, our pastor said, what I was doing, Chris, was I was figuring out what those good coupon deals were each week. Um, coupons weren't popular back then. So the whole idea of figuring out, it's, it's, it's a game. It is interesting. <laughs> it's fun for me, but right. not for most people. Right. So, okay. So, so here's Stephanie, yeah. you, you have, the, this is so uh, intriguing to me that this, this intersection happened. And what you've just described is this didn't, you know, you didn't get a big website. You didn't, you, you were just, you, you were just doing what you, how you were wired and you were helping other people in the middle of, you know, trying to budget your own family. So let me come back. Let's finish that story. And then I want you to talk to the folks who are listening today who have this, have been harboring this dream for a long time, they don't even want to tell anybody else about it. Stephanie Nelson has written Imagine More. It's our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. If you feel like you're watching life from the sidelines, you can't imagine how you'll ever get in the game. I want you to hear what Stephanie has to say. Imagine more is our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. And we're in the middle of her story about the, the coupon mom. So take me back to when you were a little girl. Did you like economic things? Did you like, you know, putting on the hat and doing the McDonald's play set? Or <laughs> what, what kind you know, of little girl I, were you? I think that's such a great, I was always interested in making money, saving money and saving up for something. I can remember starting, I started babysitting when I was 10 years old. Can you believe people would leave the child with a 10 year old? And I had a composition notebook and I would write down my income, each babysitting job. This is back when they paid 50 cents an hour. And then I would write my expenses, whatever they were when I was 10 years old. And I would have the balance at the end. And every Saturday, I would my parents would take me to the bank to deposit it. So yes, I've always been interested in saving money. And when I was 11 years old, I started buying all my own clothes. I don't know why. <laughs> my sister and brother didn't. But for some reason, I had this sense of independence. With the grocery shopping, it's funny. I think saving skips generations. My mother was not particularly interested in saving money. She was a working mom, and she hated grocery shopping. 
So as soon as I had my driver's license at the age of 16, she had me do the grocery shopping and I thought it was a lot of fun. It was, she left the checkbook and a list and I would, I took along a little calculator and not the calculators they have today. This is back where they were, I wouldn't even, you wouldn't understand right? it um, <laughs> and kept track. I don't know why. I always thought that was fun. So um, I, and to this day, I still do coupons. I just think it's fun. But you're, what you're describing is your unique uh, you're a unique creation of God. Everybody is made in his image, but we're all different in some way. And for you, this just charged you up. Did your husband know at that time that you were a coupon person? <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I look at young marrieds now and I want to say whenever they have money challenges and people do, you know, they argue about money. My husband and I never argued about money because as soon as we were married, he saw how um, responsible I was with it. And so he never worried. He was working and I was home, but I cared more about making the budget work than he did because it was my job security. Hmm. I could continue to stay home with my kids if I did a really good job only getting what we needed and being responsible about the money that he earned every week or every month. So, um, yeah, maybe I was wired that way. My dad was a very frugal person. Um, so when the Coupon Mom website happened when I was older and he was older, he just got such a kick out of it. He could not believe that I was making a living out of being <laughs> frugal. So Okay, so, so you have this makeup and you, you think, well, how can God use this? But, and this is the re- a really important part of the story. You didn't go out and start a website. Of course, this was early 2000s, so things were, you know, it was dial-up uh, back then or in the late right. 90s. Um, so you didn't go out. You did. Your dream was not to, you know, be this uh, New York Times bestselling author, et cetera. You just wanted to help people, especially women who were shopping, spend less money uh, in a in a coupon kind of way, right? Right. And what's interesting now, and looking back on it, and I wrote this book reflecting. You know, I'm 60 years old. I'm reflecting, and I'm trying to pull out life lessons for the benefit of my sons who are in their 20s. Um, What is interesting is when this started, the idea was, Chris, I just thought it was such a big idea. It was such a brilliant idea, but it was not for me to grow. I felt this sense of urgency. We have these people coming to the food pantries and the food pantries are empty. And I have a way for people to not only donate free groceries to charity every single week because it worked every week for the items the charities needed. But this could also cut people's own grocery bills in half on everything they buy. So I wasn't going to let this idea linger with me. I actually put together a PowerPoint presentation. I used to be in corporate sales and marketing, so I had experience at this. I got appointments with executives of the coupon industry executives of the grocery store chains. And I did my best job trying to sell them on the idea of growing this idea. And you went I tried to, you to went give to this big, idea away. You went to big coupon, didn't you? I did. I, I'll tell you what. It was, I, I, didn't, I didn't care about this being my idea. I just wanted this idea to get to the people who needed it. And, you know, why did I underestimate God? He ended up equipping me. Little by little, little by little, but um, 
it was probably good that we started that way because all of those companies helped me significantly. Okay, so what happened then? This was a local thing, but then something happened. Walk me through the steps. So what happened was um, the only thing I could do was what didn't cost money. So from a grassroots standpoint, for the first three years, I, and this is what I want people to hear, you can do something really fulfilling and rewarding right in your backyard, right in your own sphere of influence. So I was a young mom, so I ended up teaching children at the elementary school how to buy food with coupons and how to donate food to charity. As a result, their mothers learned it. I spoke at churches, I spoke at civic organizations, and I connected with lots of people. And we have a real problem right now, Chris, where people feel disconnected and people are lonely. When you do whatever your thing is and you reach out to your local community, an unexpected benefit is that you'll develop relationships with new people and have a connection around a really meaningful topic, whatever your topic is. So I, you know, that's an unexpected benefit. But what happened was, um, after three years, I had a nice little following in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, certainly not big enough to to you know get any advertisers for my little website, uh, which would be the only way it could make money. I wasn't making any money, but I didn't expect to make any money. Um, it was only costing me my time. My website cost $35 a year. Uh, my website listed all the grocery deals and anyone could use the website. It was free to people. That was super important to me that we never charge for this. Um, but I got lucky. I got really lucky. I ended up being asked to go on local TV and there was a man on the show that same day who saw my little demonstration of a table full of groceries, absolutely free with coupons. And he was a television professional and traveled all over the country going on TV. And he went on national TV and he was extremely well connected. But more importantly, he was extremely kind. I call him the most pivotal person in my story because I only stood with him for 15 minutes in the wings before our segment. And he said, you have got to get this on national TV. And I said, well, I'd love to, but how do I do that? I've sent emails to all the shows. And he said, well, I know the top producer at Good Morning America. This is her name. She answers her own phone on Friday afternoons. Call her up and tell her what you have in 30 seconds or less. And Chris, I did that the next day. Now, a lot of people, I look reflecting, a lot of people wouldn't make that call. That would be so intimidating. And it was. But I made the call, and over the next few months, I would email her updates, new, local news stories that happened. And about four months after that phone call, she had me on Good Morning America, and my life changed. <laughs> uh, it was, and so, somebody said to me, you will never forget. It was. It's going to be like before Good Morning America and after Good Morning America. So after Good Morning America, everything was easy. It, everything was easy in terms of doors opening to me. I don't want to give people the impression that just because you love to do something that it's not a lot of hard work. Right. It's hard work. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have rejections. But that's okay because that makes the, su- the success all the more fulfilling. Yes. Um, yeah. You're also not saying 
that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm about the same age as you are, and I've always dreamed about playing Major League Baseball. And if I just, you know, if I dream hard enough, it's going to, you know, I'm going to go out and, and try to hit a few balls. <laughs> and it's still, it's not going to happen. You've got to have realistic expectations of what will happen eventually, or maybe you just let go of the expectations altogether. Which is it? Well, I think it's actually both of those because, as I said, if I had never gone on Good Morning America, if I had just had my all those wonderful connections and all those wonderful presentations in my local community, that was extremely, extremely fulfilling and personally rewarding. That would have been okay. I've heard Taylor Swift say if she only played coffee houses, that would have been okay. She ended up playing stadiums. We know all about Taylor Swift, but if if what you're doing makes a difference in some people's lives, you know, one of the emails I received I, over the years, I've probably got thousands of emails from people, but in the early years, I, I would just get a few a week and they meant so much. And those are the ones I remember the most. And one, I just have to tell you the most important one ever was a woman who emailed and said, thank you so much for your website. I have been saving so much money on my groceries. My husband says, if I keep saving this much money, he's going to take me to Red Lobster for dinner. <laughs> and I thought, that's so great. That's I'm it. helping her marriage. That's so fabulous. There There's was a lot to unpack a, there. A woman who came up to you in the grocery store and recognized <gasps> you and said, there, what did yeah. she say? Uh, you know, a woman came up to me in the grocery store and she held both of my hands. I remember that. And she looked me in the eye and she said, we are about to have a Hallmark moment. And then she proceeded to tell me that she discovered my website two years before when her husband was unemployed and that she used it diligently and couldn't believe how much money she saved. And with tears in her eyes, I thank you for helping our family. Mm. How many of those do you need, Chris? Just about one. Yeah, exactly. Because, because your motivation at the beginning of this was, I want to use the thing that I love to help somebody else, to, to lift somebody else up. And because you, you love what you're doing. So, and, and there was Oprah came calling in 2008. There's more to that story, but I want to get now to the lessons that you learned from that. And let me give you our phone number. 877-548-3675 is what Stephanie is saying. Is it hitting a nerve in you? Have you had this desire, this dream that you've been hanging on to for a long time, and it just feels like it's never going to happen. You're never going to get in the game, whatever metaphor you want to use. But what Stephanie is talking about with this coupon thing is is sparking, well, maybe there is a little bit of hope in this. 877-548-3675. Tell me what your dream is, what it is that you have been kind of putting off or shoving down. And I want uh, Stephanie to interact with you. Again, uh, 877-548-3675. You're going to answer on Facebook. We have a, a post today about today's broadcast. What is the most important lesson, though, before we take a break here, Stephanie, what's the most important lesson that you learned through all of what you've just described to us of just being backyard and then exploding? I think for me, as I reflected on this, is the importance of connection with other people. 
I call them pivotal people. So, and when I looked at my story over the years, there were four people who were the most pivotal. In other words, if they had not entered my story, the outcome wouldn't have happened at all. And recognizing that really tells me two things. One is um, how much I need to let them know how they impacted my story. I wrote chapters of each of these people about each of these people in my book. I sent those people their chapters before my book was ever published. And talk about a wonderful connection. Uh, three of them had no idea the impact they had on really? this story. And one person just said, what an incredible gift. It's emotionally overwhelming. I had no idea that it meant that much. Um, the second piece is it opened my eyes to the opportunity to be a pivotal person in other people's lives and to look for that and to be intentional. You know, look at that man who gave me the name of the Good Morning America producer. It didn't cost him anything. But what he did was so incredibly generous, not just to me, but to the millions of people who ended up saving money because of it. Think about that. Yeah. So can we be pivotal? You might not want to start a big project, but is there something that you can help someone else with? Shoulders Probably. to stand on. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a break. Imagine more. Do what you love. Discover Your Potential is written by Stephanie Nelson, our guest today. You can find out more about her. And there's a link to the book if you click through today's information at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. I want to hear from you, though. I want to hear, just as you're listening, maybe you're driving down the road, pull over, call, give us a call. Tell me what the dream is that you haven't told anybody else or you've kept it down. It almost seems too audacious to even speak. 877-548-3675. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. We're talking about dreams and hope. And imagining more, as I was going through Stephanie's story and thesis, I thought of the Frederick Beatner quote, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I love that. And that makes me think of Jill, who at one point in her life chose abortion. And later she discovered the truth about that decision that she had made back there, what had really happened. And rather than it debilitating her or sending her toward shame and guilt and despair, she allowed what was in her past to become a leading voice for life and for helping people who have lingering effects of abortion. She's the director of the ARC program for CareNet. ARC stands for Abortion Recovery and Care Ministry, and their mission is to lead women and men with abortion in their past to resources and programs that bring healing and hope and life. Click CareNet. It's a green button on our website, chrisfabrylive.org. Maybe you're still struggling. Maybe that was the decision you made back then. Or maybe you know somebody who is still struggling. Click the green CareNet button today at chrisfabrylive.org. Imagine more. Do what you love. Discover your potential is written by Stephanie Nelson. I got to ask you about that Beatner quote. Don't you love the, the place God calls you to? <laughs> 
I just wrote it down. I love that. And that's exactly it, isn't it? It really is. And and it's not because I told you before we went on the program, there are a lot of programs about dreams and God's vision for your life and the template and all of this. And I say no to most of them, Stephanie, because there is this sense that if you'll just follow this formula, not all of them, but some— if you just follow this formula, then you're going to have what Stephanie had, which is, you know, you get on Oprah and you get on Good Morning American, blah, blah, blah. And that's not what you're talking about. You, you, it, it would have been enough for you just to be in the lives of those men and women, those families that you were helping out. So right. that, you know, and this is the thing that we've been talking about. And I, I told you I was going to ask you about this, the process versus the outcome. If you only look at the outcome and you say, how do I get to there? You're going to live a certain way. If you live fully in the process, which it sounds like you did, then whatever happens with it, you're you're fine with it. You ex- you're thankful for it, right? Right. Exactly. Especially when, um, you know, God, at least for us, God gave us all we needed. You know, in, in my situation, I was so thankful that I had this luxury of being able to use what I love to do to help other people. Um, I have to tell you, I my youngest son had just gone to kindergarten by the time I started that, and it would have made sense for me to go back to work. Um, but because we had just pinched pennies and pinched pennies and pinched pennies, I always felt like if we could pay our mortgage off, Dave Ramsey, if we could pay our mortgage <laughs> off, then I would have the freedom to not have to work. Now, I have to tell you, I mean, when Good Morning America called for me to come on, I didn't even own a purse. I mean, I was as, you know, bare bones, shopped garage sales, used coupons. Things didn't matter to me. So when this opportunity came up, um, yes, it ended up being successful financially because we had advertisers and then we had a lot of people who used the website but I'm so thankful that it didn't even have that possibility when I first started in 2000 because those advertisers didn't exist and my website was far too small to make money. So I had no distraction for that. All I cared about was that woman in the grocery store, that email that I got from a person. God, does this matter to anybody? Is this helping anybody? And you know, now that I'm six years old and I'm retired, um, I'm back to that. I am hmm. back to doing the grassroots things, interacting with people personally, trying to help people make a difference, because that's where the fulfillment, peace, joy, and contentment really came from. Yeah. It was never, it wasn't the financial success. It was the human connection. And I guess I would say feeling like I was doing what God gifted me to do to help other people. How do you find that thing though? And that's what we're the, the book is really helpful. And and because you could have said coupons, you could have spiked that. You know, God can't use this. He's, what in the world right. am I thinking about? You know, I like to do this. You know, I like to eat bonbons too, or I like to read books and just sit in a hammock. You know, that's not going to help anybody, is it? But you didn't spike the coupon thing. Well, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't have to be a great big huge thing. Um we were talking during the break about how uh, right now, I've uh, read studies, loneliness is an epidemic in our country. 54% of people surveyed identified as being lonely. Um, you said, you know, like, I love to read. I actually, reading is probably my favorite activity. And I was talking to a young 
uh, gal recently, she's in her 20s, she volunteers at a nursing home reading to people. And I thought, wow, how wonderful. That is something I love to do. Those people are lonely. I'm, I'm on this quest in 2024. My word is like, look for and try to help loneliness. Look wow. for it. Where, and so um, I asked her, I said, what do they like you to read? And she looked at me and she said, Psalms. All really? of the people in the nursing home want me to read the Psalms. And I thought, oh my gosh, I love to read Psalms. So, okay. So is, is that turning the world upside down? No, but it's something I can do. It's something I love to do. And, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, a lot of people have dementia and they don't remember. Well, I have read. So what if they don't remember? In the moment, they are experiencing happiness or contentment. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. We're, we're not going to worry about if they remember or not. In the moment, you can ease someone's loneliness and you're reading the Psalms. That's a small example. My son called me up. He's in his 20s after he read my book. And he said, you know, Mom, I love to play tennis. Um, what if I got some guys my age and we bought some tennis rackets and we tried to connect with an after-school program to teach those kids how to play tennis? Yes. How hard is that? Yes. I have a friend, um, I think he's originally from India, or that's where his family is from, and he lives in Ohio, and he has a network of uh, care facilities, you know, senior centers, nursing homes that he goes to, and he takes his guitar, and he's got his microphone, and he's got his amplifier, and in, at Christmas, you know, I saw the, the different, the news of where he had been and how many people he had served and the, the you know, the little treats that he gave and Christmas cards that he gave. And the people, wow. the, the men and women there are kind of forgotten other than family members if, they're, if they have family members. And he says what happens on the faces, even those who are in dementia uh, centers and dealing with that, that they remember the music. They'll sing along with the words mm. that they can remember. And he's not, you know, like you, <laughs> you know, he's not Taylor Swift. He doesn't have the big, uh, you know, the stadiums and all of that. But I guarantee you, the people who are in those chairs and wheelchairs in those centers feel loved by him and seen mm. by him and known by him. Because he just simply takes the time to do that. Isn't that great? Wow. I love that. My son loves to play guitar, so I am going to tell him this idea. <laughs> okay. I got a bunch of folks here who have some dreams who want to talk with you. And if you go to chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see Stephanie Nelson's book. It's titled Imagine More. Do what you love. Discover your potential. Bob Goff says, for anyone ready to take action toward their dreams... Again, it's our featured resource at chrisfabrylive.org. More with Stephanie and your calls straight ahead on Moody Radio. I pulled three quotes, three ideas from Stephanie Nelson's book, Imagine More, do what you love, discover your potential, and we'll get to those. But I want to hear from you. And uh, first up, Karen in Chicago. Hi, Karen. Go right ahead. Hello. 
I am co- I'm so excited about this program. Thank you so much for having Coupon Mom on. Um, <laughs> I found my purpose after praying for it for many years, quite well by accident, I'd say. I went to a workshop at the library that I never had an interest in going into, going to, but something told me, go to this workshop. I went. It was a six-week workshop. I had dabbled a little in the whole food plant-based veganism thing, and I do mean dabbled because I still liked all other things. Didn't know that the person that was instrumental in getting the workshop herself had put her type 2 diabetes in remission. After the six weeks, I kind of wanted to ask her, you know, could I possibly join the organization? She called me that morning after I finished praying and invited me to join the organization. I started working with the organization, decided to volunteer to man the Facebook page. Mind you, I had three Facebook pages that I had done nothing with for 10 years. (laughs) I was scared and fearful of doing it, but I'm like, okay, come on. So I started putting up information about mental wellness, about spirit, spirituality as it relates to God, the triune God, in terms of whole food, plant-based veganism and the benefits of it. And my goal is to one day be able to coach people to be able to get off of long-term disabilities that are currently on payrolls of these big corporations who don't, they just, they're just doling out money and paying medical bills, but they're not helping the people get better. That's it. Karen, you, you have just put your finger on exactly what Stephanie is talking about here. Stephanie, what do you think of that? Well, first of all, I love it because, um, nutrition and wellness and well-being is a pet topic of mine. Karen, I couldn't agree with you more. People, um, could use that to improve their well-being and perhaps get off medication and perhaps feel better, like you talked about type 2 diabetes being in remission. And what I hear in your voice is that your heart is just completely behind this idea. And See, that she came is alive. All you need. When she, yes. as soon as she started talking about it, she came alive. And it's probably that if I had talked with you about coupons 20 years ago, you'd have been the same way, don't you think? I'd still be the same way. But yes, I, I can <laughs> recognize are. that in people's voice. You're not just saying, here's something I should do. You're saying you were excited that she called you up to volunteer. Yes. Yeah. And so, she was praying um, at the time. Okay, Karen, thank you. Eva in Indiana. Eva, tell me your dream. Well, this summer I visited a orphanage in Baduda, Uganda. It's a mountain, and there's mudslides, and it kills the mudslides kill people during the rainy season. I would love to raise money to move that orphanage off the mountain. I just don't know where to start. I don't know if it's possible. So go well, ahead, that's Stephanie. an interesting question. So your, uh, as I said earlier in the show, when my pastor says, um, "What breaks your heart?" It sounds like the idea of that orphanage being in harm's way breaks your heart. That's, yeah. that's the first step. Okay, so um, you're praying. So I would keep praying for opportunities to have God show you how to use that. You know, in your sphere of influence, perhaps, you know, what I did when I had my thing, my idea, was I just started reaching out to my friends. I started having my friends over to my house to tell them the story. I didn't just send out a link to a fundraising thing. I wanted other people's hearts to be broken too. 
So perhaps there's a way you could craft a story and you could start sharing that story with people you know, people in your community, who could help lead you in coming up with some sort of fundraiser. Mm. So it's a, again, the connection thing. You're connecting with other people in order to get that, not to, not to do any kind of pyramid thing or anything like that, but just to connect on a heart level about something that you're moved about. Exactly. And what I think you'll find, what I found was that so many of those people gave me good ideas or they lent the resources or connections, um, which we didn't have social media in 2000 when I started my thing. That kind of one-sided communication. Um, I don't think I would have had the personal growth and you know the growth in my faith had I not been connecting with people in my community who shared this same heartbreak. Yes. Okay. Uh, one of the quotes, God's big plan for you right now may not be to start a new charity, launch a business, or write a book. His plan for each of us, and everybody leans closer. What is his plan? His plan for each of us is to learn to love him and each other better. <laughs> love God, love people, right? It doesn't have to be that hard. Yeah. That complicated. Um, one of the things I, that, um, yeah, one of the things Bob Goff says that I love is it is noble to go across the ocean to help people, but it's obedient to go across the street. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be that hard. I started after he said that I make chicken salad. That's what I do. Other people bake. I make chicken salad. I make chicken salad and I knock on neighbors doors who maybe they're older, maybe they're alone. Um, and generally speaking, you know, if I, hi, I have chicken salad for you, they would take it at the front door and say goodbye if they didn't want to talk to me. But, you know, they always invite me in and I always sit and have a nice hour chat with them. And I thought I was being kind to them. But actually what I've discovered are these wonderful relationships with people in my neighborhood who I wouldn't have known if Goff hadn't said that. Mm -hmm. Do you get the chicken on, with a coupon or... <laughs> You know, for my friends, I do full price. Well, that's not entirely true. They, but, um, you know, I, it's funny because it's, it is unexpected. So many times we think we're helping other people. And what we end up getting is this unbelievable, fulfilling experience of connection and relationships with other people. And which we discover to, that we are, yeah. Which takes us to Eileen in Indiana. You got to hear this story. Eileen, why did you call today? Uh, yes, I love your program. I listen to it as much as I can. Uh, when Stephanie was talking about uh, people in nursing homes, um, you know, experiencing loneliness, and one of the best things, I worked in a nursing home for quite a few years, um, one of the best things that we did, just at spur of the moment, we decided to have an Elvis night. And, <laughs> you know, we went full out. Um, we had a, a wonderful Elvis impersonator who was local. He dressed up in the white glitter suit, had the, the scarves, came and did a full Elvis concert. We invited all of the families in. We had little old ladies singing words to the Elvis <laughs> music. Um, and they talked about it for days afterwards. And he would come up and sing to the ladies and kiss their hand and put a scarf around their neck. And it just was amazing. <laughs> so, Never has Hound Dog sounded so <laughs> so good. That Eileen, is such I, it was amazing. 
<laughs> I wanted you to hear that, Stephanie, because that's that's part of the creativity. Again, it doesn't have to be something that you know the the whole world hears about. If it's just in that group, it made a difference, and that's the point, right? I love it. Eileen, I wrote that down, and I'm going to see if my son can work up a good Elvis impersonation. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> I have other calls here. One person wants to start an animated Bible. Uh, and there's another says, I've always wanted to write a book about my life story. Talk about that in our remaining moments here. Writing a book, that's on the minds of a lot of people these days. Well, I actually, I have had some experience writing books, and I have to, I encourage everyone to pursue writing a book. Um, I think the statistic I heard is that 85% of people have a book in mind that they'd like to write. Uh, 20 years ago, it was much more difficult to get a book published. Today, self-publishing is very sophisticated. So I know a number of authors who have self-published their books. You still have an editor. You still have marketing services. There are all kinds of options. But if you have the commitment and the desire to write your life story, I encourage people to do that, um, if for no one else, but for your descendants, for your kids and your grandchildren, and perhaps people you'll never meet. Um, So I, I, there's also a lot of great writing resources. Bob Goff, who was my writing coach, he has a number of writing workshops, but he also has an online writing workshop that is not expensive. And I've known a number of people who've done that. So if you, I I would encourage people to search for a little guidance like that to help you with the process. Um, But write the book, just write the book. We have a book that was written by my father-in-law and he was in uh, World War II, was D-Day plus 40 something, I think. And so he he self-published it and uh, passed away a couple of years ago, buried in Arlington. But we still have the stories, the the letters mm. home, you know, that and it, no, it didn't blow. It wasn't the New York Times bestseller. But to us, it's a treasure. It's just fantastic right. to dip back into it. So, you know what, Stephanie? This is this is really life-giving and really freeing and dream-giving, I think, to a lot of people. I think it's going to help some folks who are kind of stuck. Uh, imagine more. Do what you love. Discover your potential. It's by Stephanie Nelson. Thanks a lot for being with us, Stephanie. God bless you. and Happy New Year. Thanks so much. You too. I really appreciate the time with you. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. You'll see the book there. Click through today's information. You'll see more about Stephanie. And come on back tomorrow. My friend Roy, Roy Patterson, is going to be with us here at the Radio Backyard Fence. I think you'll like our conversation on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.